Downtown Eau Claire is the place to experience amazing restaurants, entertainment of all sorts, and unique local shops to find your new favorite thing. The Downtown Eau Claire Fall Festival is coming up on Saturday, September 16th, featuring more than 100 vendors, exciting family activities, and a 3 o'clock performance by the thrilling Blue Gold Marching Band. It all takes place on South Barstow Street. Learn more about this and other exciting upcoming events at downtowneauclair.org. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Fun uh, episode ahead of us today, as we'll touch on uh, some food, some travel, and schools. Uh, kind of a, a, a wide assortment of things to dive right into. Uh, some topics here as uh, things sort of settle down a little bit from all of the county government talk and the, the personnel issues with Eau Claire County. And we've got some other things to talk about, mostly uh, on the happy side of things and perhaps a brewing controversy in the Altoona School District. Uh, make sure you are enjoying the weather and the activities here in the month of July. The Northern Wisconsin State Fair went over like gangbusters. I know uh, Fest did very well. Uh, the Coob Championships did outstanding. In fact, it was a group of local teenagers that won the junior division. Coming up, we've got Country Jam and what that is going to, to bring to the area in the coming days. Uh, so you've got that, plus all the stuff that goes on on a weekly basis. Uh, the, the, the concerts, the the free weekly concerts, uh, which I don't want to say free weeklies because they're pretty much free daily concerts in the area. If you, you dot around, you've got the concert series pretty much every day of the week outside. Uh, so take advantage of things because, you know, we're only a few months away from it to be minus 10 for a, a two-week period. Uh going to jump on this right away. We'll touch on the Altoona School District concerns. Um, the Altoona School District usually does not get spoken about as much on this program because, well, they, 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 they tend not to have a lot of controversial things come up. You know, not quite like the Eau Claire School Board from a couple of years ago, but uh, the Altoona School District has some some rumbling concerns. We'll get to that, but we're going to start off with this, the, the Meals on Wheels program. And one of the things that has come about in the last couple of years, and really wasn't talked about on this program, not really a, a talk of the town type thing, unless you are directly involved in it. It's not a, it's not a, a sexy, civic project, if you will, was the new county highway facility. You go, ooh, yay, whatever. Uh, we're we're going to benefit as a county from that and from an area from it, but yeah, yay, you know, big deal. Well, the county highway facility on Highway 53, part of its building, apparently, they put in a large commercial grade kitchen, especially for the county's Meals on Wheels program. How do you like that? They put in a commercial grade kitchen 
for the county's Meals on Wheels program. They had previously been in a uh, rehabilitated former nursing home in Fall Creek. And the, the new facility uh, is obviously much nicer, much sleeker, more modern, much more efficient. Uh, but uh, cool to see this Meals on Wheels program included in this county highway facility. And uh, it's something that had slipped under my radar. I think it slipped under everybody's radar, but I, I think it's 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 intriguing and smart to see from the planners to make something a multi-purpose thing there that you're able to include other things. When you hear county highway facility, you're thinking maybe a couple of offices and a place to store the, the, the Sanders. But now you've got this facility is much more than that. Uh, the Meals on Wheels program is part of the Aging and Disability Resource Center. It is under their umbrella. And again, this facility was built not just as a, a big kitchen. It's not like it's just some commercial kitchen. It was designed specifically for this Meals on Wheels program, which means you need very large quantities of food. You're pumping out hundreds and hundreds of meals. Uh, I will say this, uh, if, you've, if you've ever thought about it, it is something uh, that is worthwhile for volunteering Meals on Wheels. Uh, I did it for a couple of years Meals on Wheels in the city of Eau Claire and uh, drove around about an hour at a time in uh, the city of Eau Claire. I think on Mondays, drove around. Um, it's something it's, 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 I, I know when I was doing it, a number of retirees did Meals on Wheels, uh, like a husband and wife duo would do it. Uh, it's good for uh, if you've got a friend that wants to volunteer with you, it's really good if you've got two people for Meals on Wheels. You can do it as an individual because you're driving around and you park and you get out. But if you've got two, it, it, it's not that it goes quicker. It's just more efficient, if that makes sense. It, it's, it's not quicker, but it's more efficient because one gets out, one stays in the car, that sort of thing. Uh, but it is something to consider, volunteering for Meals on Wheels. Uh, you go, you, you knock on the door, you give people their meals. Uh, some of the people will want to have a one or two minute chat. Uh, other people will, hey, just some people, you literally just leave it at the door. Um, they don't want to have any chit chat with you. Uh, it's not something that you are to go and hang out with them for 10 minutes at a time because you have to get all the meals out quickly to these people. This is their meal that they are that they are getting but something again very worthwhile to consider uh with meals on wheels and good to see that um a county operation uh was included in a facility that we otherwise would have thought of uh, would have been a very utilitarian uh facility so again i kind of i kind of like that uh and let's not forget the importance that a program like meals on wheels serves uh, one thing I did notice when I was doing the meals on wheels, you, 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 you have people, it, it's, it's, it, it's, how do I put this properly with the, uh, the people that are, that are being benefited by meals on wheels? Um, 
I saw some nice houses. I saw some nice houses when I was driving around and delivering meals. Um, this is this is not uh, just this is not for the destitute necessarily. Uh, this is for people that are able to live at home um, pretty much by themselves, but maybe can't make a meal. Uh, they're able to they're, they're able to live at home with maybe some some assistance, uh, but they can't make their own meals. Uh, so this is a very worthwhile program that allows a number of people to stay in their home and not because uh, some people don't mind maybe moving into a retiree home or into a nursing home. But there's a lot of people that fight that, too. And I don't know how I'll be as I get older. Some people you will have to, you know, they, they will stretch out their arms and legs as they're being dragged out of their 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 house. And I don't fault them for that at all and a program like meals on wheels isn't necessarily about the money or anything like that for some people it is really about this is how they're able to stay in the home it's another level of assistance for them to stay in their home and that's the service you are providing when you are delivering those meals and of course uh, they also need volunteers to help prepare those meals Transitioning, a lot of the volunteers, especially for making the meals, come from area schools. It's a good school project for a number of school groups. And speaking of schools, the Altoona School District has a simmering controversy going on. It first really came to light in June. Um, there has been significant staffing losses over the last few years at Altoona. And what you've been hearing is rumblings of a lot of teachers leaving because of cultural issues within the Altoona School District. And there was a, a school board meeting on Monday that allowed people to voice those concerns over the culture and of the significant staffing laws as parents able to complain about losing all these teachers and the reasons they're hearing these teachers are leaving. Uh, the issue, when it first really came public, the issue back in June, we were told, was because of student behavioral issues. And maybe teachers didn't feel backed up when there was behavioral issues with students. Uh, but now it's coming out even more. It's just a, a, a feeling of a toxic culture and administration issues and this and that. There was a survey result that came out. Uh, many in the survey simply complained they don't like the culture that coming from uh, teachers. Now, the school board did not comment directly on Monday. This was, uh, in essence, a listening session, and they were also releasing the findings of the survey. Uh, it does seem many of the issues date back a few years. This is not something that has necessarily under just the last few months. It does seem like many of these issues go back some years. Let's remember what the Altoona School District has been under. Just before the pandemic, in February of 2020, is when former superintendent Dan Peggs had his run in. Uh, Dan Peggs, uh, part of uh, uh, was, 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 was having uh, sexual relations with, with underage individuals, with minors. There was uh, you know, some connections to uh, trafficking. Uh, it was a messy situation, remember that, and that's, that's been 
resolved uh, across the board with in legal situations. And he was, of course, immediately let go. They brought in the temporary guy. And, and I think it's been since 2021, or was she hired late in 2020? Heidi Eliopoulos, the superintendent. I think it was 2020. Either way, she she she's been on the you know she helped carry the district through the rest of the COVID pandemic and into now as they in essence you know took her from the 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 Chippewa school district where she had been very successful and highly sought after in the area and statewide. Um, so it was very messy for the Altoona School District. And throughout it all, especially during that period and the transition and what happened in COVID, we really applauded the Altoona School District, and I think they still deserve to be applauded, for it, for it all seemingly going smooth on the outside. I mean, you have a superintendent, a superintendent in Dan Peggs, who seemed very well liked and the community liked him, and he seemed to be a, a rising star locally, uh, not just as a, as a school administrator. He was somebody who thought was going to be a leader in the area, and clearly he had demons underneath, and, and not just the demons we all have of maybe we eat a little too much, all right, or the demons of maybe we we curse when uh, when when we're not when we're not necessarily in public. No, he had some significant demons that have, again, been resolved legally and whatnot. And as another aside, his wife, I thought, or now ex-wife, did a very admirable job of how she handled it publicly. But the Altoona School District moved quickly and swiftly, and they were decisive in every move they made throughout navigating that horrible situation through a pandemic, by the way. That popped up just weeks later. They did a great job, and, and and I think hit it out of the park with with Heidi being hired as a superintendent because there's not a school district in this state that was not after her, you know, as well. But that being said, it seems as though there's been some issues behind the scenes that you have a feeling have gone on for, for years that predate Heidi Eliopoulos that maybe she has inherited or whatever. Um, you, you can't speak the specifics. When people start talking about there's a toxic culture or there's, there's this or there's that, the thing is you want to start hearing some specifics then. You need to start hearing some specifics. The, the, the concerns are real. We've all worked in a place where there was a toxic culture, whatever that means. You, you and I know what it means, but we have a hard, but, but we've all worked at a spot where it just wasn't good. Everybody complained about some element of the operation, and, they, and, it, and it wasn't just simply the usual blowing off steam. Like it was really rotted, a certain aspect. If there really is a toxic culture in the Altoona School District, the school board's got to get to the bottom of it. Where's it coming from? Where did it start from? Um, it, you know, why, why, why is it that teachers don't feel backed up? Uh, are teachers being backed up, but they're just not feeling that way? And why is that? Is, is there a lot of things administration is doing that 
on paper seem like they are a great idea, but in reality, um, there's there's not enough buy-in. And sometimes even if you have a great idea, if you don't have your staff that's bought in or they don't feel like they were part of the process or whatever, that's part of the psychological management dance that sometimes has to go on. Uh, the old uh, The old psychological trick in management of make somebody think it was their idea and then they'll go along with it a lot more. They don't like it if it's your idea, but if they are convinced it was their idea, they'll like it. It, 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 This issue right now is one that is very real for a number of people in the Altoona School District, but it is not, I would say, a major blow-up issue at this point. If the Altoona School Board is decisive and, and they work with Heidi Eliopoulos, and you get to the bottom of this and you figure out what, you know, what exactly is the issue that's going on, I think everybody right now should have confidence that it is something that gets worked out over time. The hardest thing, though, that's going to be very difficult to muster out of all of this, though, is perception, again, becomes reality. And... Uh, you're, you're going to have people complaining. You're going to have people starting up rumors. And you've got to be able to ignore all of those as time goes on. Um, so we'll see how that goes on. Remember, the Altoona, you know, the, the Altoona School District is one that has also been rapidly growing. And if the, if the Altoona School District... Um, ever wanted to be a big a bigger school district it could be a huge school district within three years they're keeping growth uh, fairly limited uh one thing before we go i think it's pretty clear remember the altoona school district had a rather stunning loss with its referendum back in april they were going to buy that extra building and then expand out uh pre-k and elementary and all that they were going to buy the old uh that old building and the name of it um, escapes me at the moment, and uh, they lost. You know, lost in a, lost in a in a period where referendums have been passing left and right, including the Eau Claire School District had a referendum, and we know that the school district has had its detractors in Eau Claire, and uh, maybe we're seeing why the Altoona School District lost its referendum because there is a significant sizable group in Altoona that right now is just not happy with what is going on. So we'll see what the school board does and what uh, what happens. And this is the sort of thing, by the way, that typically does not have a very visible fix to it. I don't think they're about to go and make changes with uh, you know the superintendent and things like that. Yeah, that, that, that would be something that would be a, a very catechomalismic decision there because unless there is some shocking things going on behind the scene with uh, with Heidi Eliopoulos, there is something, you know, that she is somebody that is very much well-respected around the whole area as a huge leader and uh, still a rising star in the area as a, a leader of a number of things. Uh, I think this is something that they look at and they have to we're not necessarily going to see 
the changes that happen behind the scenes. It could very well be a, a protocol thing. It could very well be uh, you know, a, a management chain switch that goes on. We'll, we'll, but they'll have to get to the bottom of that. You know, when somebody complains that they just don't, they feel disrespected and stuff like that, it's not an easy fix. It, it, it does take time to fix that. And one other thing going on, we've heard about this thing for a while. And if you're, I'd say anybody over the age of, say, 35, you're sitting here and you're scratching your head and you're going, so this is now a career for a lot of people. It sounds like a fun career. Uh, there's a travel conference going on in Eau Claire. We've heard about this for a while, but in essence, there's 300 travel creatives in Eau Claire for the next few days. Uh, travel creatives. These are bloggers, people that do uh, Instagram videos and live feeds and what have you. Uh, they go from destination to destination. They tell you about the places. Uh, there's the 2023 North American Conference for this travel creatives group. And again, 300 of them are in town. Uh, it's kind of weird. The, this conference has been held in Greece, Spain, and New York City before. And then they picked Eau Claire, uh, which we all love Eau Claire, and Eau Claire is an outstanding area, but boy, you do scratch your head on that list. Uh, but hey, that's money in the area. It's millions of dollars that's coming into our area. So all these travel creatives, these are the people that uh, are their influencers is what they are, and their influencing is based on travel. Uh, so they're in town, and it's it's various conferences going on, no doubt conferences on how uh, they can get more sponsors, how do they get more engagement, that kind of thing. How do they find new places for them to travel to? Because uh, uh, maybe finding places like in Eau Claire, you know, everybody, you know, you can go to, you know, there, there's so many, you know, Disney World blogs that are out there. They're, they're really fun to watch. The Disney World blogs, as people plan a trip there, and there's no, there's plenty about New York City and Los Angeles and big cities and major areas. You know, maybe, you know, an idea of you, know, you come to a place like Eau Claire, you find more diamonds in the rough for your your influencing uh, channels. Uh, but it is kind of, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fun that they picked us. It's fun that it's going on in the area. Will this help increase tourism? I, it won't hurt for it. At the very, at the very least, tangibly, the fact you've got 300 people in town right now is really cool. Uh, something I have learned though, if you're, you're, you're like me in your forties or you're in your fifties or your sixties, you scratch your head and you go, these, these influencers, like what the, like, my goodness gracious, something that is kind of coming out, these people that are say here in Eau Claire for the week. And they're the people that again, do a, a live stream like, Hey folks, um, you know, smash that like button. I'm over here. And, you know, and the, you know they got sponsors and all that that have them travel to places and it seems like such a cool job and i think it's becoming very clear that these are jobs this isn't what the influencing was maybe a decade ago where it really was people were paid to do nothing for a very brief period of time because they had a lot of followers this is a job these people are in essence like travel agents uh, in this line, if they're a travel creative, they're kind of like a travel agent. Um, 
they are being paid by hotel brands or being paid by various hospitality brands by maybe even uh, visitors bureaus to talk about them to all this sort of thing to talk about them to hype them up to promote them but these creatives have to also produce results if they're not getting results if when they talk to their public you know the visitors bureau that paid them or the hotel brand that paid them or the suitcase brand that paid them doesn't see a return and many times it has to be a direct return because there's a maybe a discount code that there is or there's a direct link you can't fudge those that number then those people lose that contract they lose that sponsorship deal they have to travel a lot which sounds like it's a lot of fun and the photos they post are no doubt a lot of fun but it's it's no doubt work it's becoming pretty clear that because it's a very competitive industry any type of influencing um i think that's that's something that's that's interesting to look at i've i've thought about that um we, we hear about broadcasting you know when i was growing up you got into broadcasting and journalism and all of that i wonder what school especially one of these big communication schools really pivot soon to teaching people how to be an influencer because it is it's like any other industry any other job it is it is fine-tuning itself into a very actual industry it's not just you know some airhead talking into a into a camera telling you yeah, hey everybody, you know, there's my there's my besties. You come and uh, you know, you come and uh, hang out with me at such and such, or you know, makeup tutorials and things like that that just seem like they're being done on a whim. It is very much a highly thought of thing. It's a very it's a crafted thing. It's a it's a career if you do it well. Um, boy, that kind of go off on a tangent right there. Well, those people are in town. And I mentioned that because my first thought is to, you kind of, ah, a bunch of people, a bunch of travel Instagrammers are in town. Well, why don't these people go get a job? Wah, 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 wah. And the, the more I kind of thought of it, and maybe it's because I also saw some of the pictures of who these people are. These aren't very beautiful people either, which I know sounds mean, but they're not just beautiful people. They're, they're people that are everyday people that perhaps, especially during the pandemic, maybe pivoted their life to, you know what? I was doing this. I was doing that. I've saved up my money and I've always wanted to travel. And how can I get paid to do what I love? Which there is nothing wrong with that at all. To get paid to do what you love. And uh, being a influencer, being a creative, as they call it, is very much a worthwhile endeavor if you are able to get people to pay you to to do it. So you got this this conference going on in town. Uh, the only thing I didn't really see was, and I'm sure it, it it exists if somebody really wants to dive in. It are there opportunities for locals to really learn about what the the social media industry really is and becoming a travel influencer themselves um i don't i don't know if that that did exist if if if, if it does exist 
um, I wish it had been advertised a little more for some people locally. That would have been something kind of fun for, for locals. You know, what's a, what's a 101 course if you were thinking of getting into the industry or doing any type of social media influencing? Because you hear about these mega brands and a lot of social media influencing and that big break to have millions of followers, a lot of times happens out of just pure luck. But how do you become successful you know, a lot of these people are successful with just a few thousand followers uh, they're able to make a living or they're able to fund a hobby uh, they're able to fund a hobby which is a very realistic bar I think that's that would have been something cool if they had been able to teach people that how do you fund this at a realistic level and then hey if it if it explodes hey it explodes for me but how do I, you know, how do you set the bar at a realistic level and put yourself in a position to maybe catch a big break? That would have been kind of a fun thing to include uh, for the locals in the area. But at the end of the day, hey, we're making some money locally on it as well. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Uh, we are likely with you on Thursday. There's a chance, though, there will not be a show on Thursday. Then we'll be back uh, next week at a minimum so make sure you're checking it out on thursday if we are back until then on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible i'm scott Montesano saying this great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day make sure to take advantage of it and until next time so long everybody